Hey, Michael, this is Tony Taylor calling from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada. Hi, Michael, it's Dawn Berry from Sunridge, Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to touch in and let you know how much I really enjoyed being on your podcast, The Tangled Mind. It was an amazing opportunity to be able to share with your audience, to be able to share with you and to uh, collaborate. And when we do that, it makes a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast, a platform that I'm providing people with mental health issues or even family members to come along, talk about whatever they want, whenever they want, and see if we can help other people out from all around the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast. On this week's show, we've got Joni. Joni somebody that has and still does suffer with bipolar and she's going to be talking to us about her journey and talking to us about what advice she would give anybody else that is suffering themselves. So here goes. Hi Joni, you all right? I'm doing excellent today. You? I'm very well, thank you. And um, just for the listeners, um, do you just want to introduce yourself a bit more about who you are, what it is you do, and we'll talk about your journey? Sure. Um, my name is Joni Howe. I'm actually a certified health coach now, but I also have bipolar disorder. I was diagnosed about 15 years ago. Um, I was initially diagnosed just with depression, like many people with bipolar disorder. That, that diagnosis when I was in 10th grade, so at about 16, um, continued just bouts of depression through high school, through college, um, through going back to college because I decided I didn't have enough of it the first time. And was through a psychiatrist at my university was diagnosed with bipolar two, which later developed into bipolar one. I've been hospitalized three, three times completely inpatient, um, working with different meds. I've cycled through a vast majority of them. Um, I have a lot of drug allergies and get very serious side effects from them. And if there is a weird side effect, I'm going to get it. So I've kind of, it's taken, it's taken almost 20 years of trying different meds to get to a medication regime that works for me. Um, and it works amazing. I've been on it for a year now. Um, was put on this regime uh, regimen when I was last hospitalized a year ago. I went to a holistic um, inpatient psychiatric center in, instead of just the regular hospital and had a ton of therapy and DBT, CBT. We had process um, art therapy, music therapy, just meditation, yoga, the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. And um, I've been just kind of thriving since that experience. So 
as you said, it was about 15 years ago. It was 10th grade, I think you said, um, when you first started to struggle. What, what, what do you think triggered it? Because obviously a lot of people and therapists and things like that say that there's always something that triggers it, whether it's something from childhood or whatever it may be, something that's happened in, in that individual's life. What, what, what do you think triggered it? Because obviously you was only young. Um, mine was actually very a very clear trigger. My parents separated and got divorced, and it the the depression pretty much set in at that point. Um, it was present at even younger ages, but became it got to a point when I was in high school that my parents couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, when I was in the fifth grade, my teacher sent home a letter to my parents saying that she felt that I was sad and depressed and their response was, well, smile more in her class. So, um, and to their defense, they didn't know, they didn't know what to do. And so after they split up, um, when I was in, t they split up at the end of, or middle of my ninth grade year, 10th grade, a got so depressed that I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't go to school. And go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, so obviously for you, that being that, that must've been obviously a tough time for you, obviously anyway, with them separating while you was, while you was young. Um, so obviously like now then, Oh, so you said last year you was hospitalised. Is it... Because obviously you've now been diagnosed with bipolar. What triggers it now? Is it still the same thing? And like thinking about, obviously, what happened when you was younger or is there certain things that trigger you as an individual now? Because... Carry on. Oh, I was going to say, um, now it gets, it tends to get triggered when I'm incredibly stressed out. Um, I was a teacher for several years and twice in the middle of a school year, I had to quit teaching because I became too overwhelmed and it triggered depression or, well, it triggered depression one time, it triggered mania another time. Right. So okay. for me now, it happens when I just get, it happens when I get too when I work too much and become too stressed out. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously a lot of people out there that won't know that they've got di bipolar, bipolar. Um, and obviously when you was diagnosed, what was your initial reaction? Cause obviously you knew that you suffered with depression. What, 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 what happened? What, what actually, what was the um, reason that obviously you went back to the doctors and then they re-diagnosed? Did you obviously have, I don't, I don't like using this word, but do you, did you have uh, like a breakdown or uh, so you had to go back for them to re reassess you or? Um, I was actually, no, I didn't have a breakdown. It was, I was struggling in school at the time. Uh, I was getting my second bachelor's degree in art this time. And I was 
I was struggling to make it to class. Um, I was again, feeling very overwhelmed and, um, I was actually not diagnosed the way you would want to be. Um, I was just seeing the psychiatrist at school and she prescribed and did not tell me that I had bipolar disorder. She just prescribed the lithium and I went home and I checked with Dr. Google as we do and said, wait, that's only prescribed for bipolar. So I went to see my therapist the next week. Um, and I was like, wait, why, why is she prescribing lithium if for my depression and the therapist was like, Oh no, she thinks you have bipolar. I was like, Oh, okay. But it wasn't, I had done some kind of out of things. I got married at 22. Um, and two years later, um, left my husband, quit my job and decided to get an art degree. Um, so I think maybe there was a little mania and which isn't to say those were necessarily bad decisions, but it, I think it's very easy to say there was some mania happening there that I didn't see living in the moment. Yeah. To be fair, with you saying that you've been, you was obviously put on lithium. My, that, that, my dad was put on lithium and I thought it was, I did the same thing. I read up saying about, and it said obviously lithium is a drug to control the chemicals and you had something like bipolar and something else. And when I, I've not said anything to my mom, the mom or my dad about it, because obviously I don't want them, my mom then stressing thinking, Oh, is, is, is it not what the doctors have said? Um, cause she's got enough, enough stress and worries on her plate anyway. But yeah, it's obviously since he's had his lithium, he he was fine. He he was fine up until about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and he ended up. Uh, he's actually signed, got himself um, annual leave, so holidays through work, um, to be able to stay at home and just try and sort try and try and sort himself out because mm-hmm. he he was hospitalised in. Well, it's for him. It started in two thousand and no, nineteen ninety nine, and then it wasn't until twenty seventeen that he got diagnosed with BPD. So obviously, it's, it's a long time to go suffering and not be diagnosed. But mm-hmm. over here, um, obviously, I'm in the UK. But over here, we've got the NHS, the National Health Service. So we there's only so many trained therapists and doctors and nurses that work in the mental health sector of the of the NHS and it, it, when they lived up near me in in like the midlands shall we say of the, of the country um the doctors were quick enough to get him seen but the quality of the care was wasn't great but then when they moved down to a place called Cornwall in the UK like the south of the country um he the care was better but there wasn't enough of it so it's it's been swings and roundabouts and the lithium it, it does make me wonder whether he he does actually have bipolar um just because of the way that 
the, the way that he is with obviously his BPD anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I know you can have both. I was, I've been, I actually was also diagnosed with borderline um, personality disorder um, back in 2012. And I don't necessarily claim that one anymore because I don't feel that it applies anymore really because I did a lot of um, DBT for it, dialectical behavior therapy. Um, and I no longer display the symptoms of it, more or less. No, I know I still have my bipolar, that's not curable, but borderline, I, from my understanding of it, and I am not a doctor or a therapist, but from my understanding of it is actually curable um, through therapy. Um, uh, I also know from my know. husband, um, he has issues too um, with depression and our psychiatrist has prescribed lithium for him as a um, supplement to his antidepressants, even though he's not, he doesn't have bipolar. Right. So it can be used off label, I guess. So, so. I'll, um, I'll speak to my mom and see what, see what she says. Cause I know that he's um, been reached. I know that he's, um, been in contact with the doctors and, and so on over the last week or so. Um, so I'll see what, see what they're saying, but it's good to know. What, what was the name of that therapy that you said? Dialectical behavior therapy. Um, commonly called DBT. Um, can't remember a first name, Lynn Hine or something to that effect. And I may not be saving that correctly is the therapist. It was developed about 30 years ago and it's been used extensively in research with people with um, borderline. All right. Okay. I'll have a look at that. And obviously any, any help we can get as a family is, although I'm trying to help other people, obviously from my, our own experience and family journey and everything like that and getting people like yourself and other individuals on the show. It's also good for me to be able to get, information from you guys to obviously try and help my own family if that makes sense so no so that, that's oh absolutely so obviously now then obviously you've got your um your business what what is your do you want to explain to the listeners what your business is and what what it's about actually i have from my time at hopeway which is the name of the center that i went to Last time I learned a lot about dialectical behavior therapy, positive psychology, um, cognitive behavior therapy. And I started, I kind of made myself a planner that I was using because I checked out as many planners as I could possibly find. And none of them let me track everything I needed and kind of plan my days. So I created my own and several people asked for them and I kind of realized these might help more people than just me. So I ended up going to a publisher and we got it published. It's called a Gambate planner, which is Japanese for do your best. Um, and it's used in Japan similarly to the way um, in English we use uh, good luck. So instead of saying good luck to somebody, you would say Gambate. 
I never knew that. <laughs> Learn something <laughs> new all the time. Um, but no, it's uh, obviously I can see them behind you. Obviously, on I know the listeners can't, but I can see them obviously behind you. And I'll uh, I'll go on your website and have a look at those later on. But no, it's obviously with yourself coming, obviously coming on here and talking about your your own experiences. How? how how have you been recently? Have you have you been well? And well, obviously, with regards to, with obviously, let me spit my words out. With obviously all the COVID nineteen and the lockdown and things like that, how's that affected your your, your mental health? Honestly, COVID nineteen hasn't really my mental health that much because I think because I've got experience staying at home before from when I've been too depressed to leave the house for months on end. So being at home and still being able to be active and still being able to get some work done, that's actually kind of a new experience, but it's not. I'm also very fortunate because I am able to work from home. So that's, that's not been so bad. The last week or so with the protests and stuff that have been going on in the U.S. That has kind of, that's tweaked my anxiety more than, more than a lot of the, the COVID-19 stuff really has. Yeah. Um, that's, and a lot of that is because, and your listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm, and I have realized that I need to do a whole lot more than I have done as far as working on myself, my community and being much really focusing on being an anti-racist instead of just trying to be new or just trying to, that I realized that just trying to be not racist isn't enough. Mm. And so that's really, yeah, that's been weighing really heavy on me the last week or so. I've seen, yeah, I've, and it's understandable. I, obviously, I've been listening to the news, looking at the news and seeing, obviously, all of the rioting, the looting, and all the different things. And obviously, what's happened over there, it isn't nice. No, um, obviously, there's, there's, yes, obviously, George Floyd, obviously, yeah, he, he was killed and, so on but with even like over here there's now rioting and um protesting have started in london in the uk mm-hmm. so there's it is it's having a knock-on effect because there's a lot of african-american people in obviously america but there's also a lot over here as well that have either moved over here or they've got family over here and and so on so I, I can understand, obviously, that anxiety and things like that, that will have increased because of, obviously, the rioting and, and so and looting, shall I say. And hopefully, um, fingers crossed and touch wood, that something, something will happen where everybody will be able to get on a lot easier and the world will become a more peaceful place, shall we say. But... Before we obviously 
wrap wrap this podcast up for this week. For the listeners that obviously are listening, um, one of the things that I will say to you all is don't don't suffer on your own. You you've got myself, you've got um, you've got Joni here who obviously suffers herself. You've got many many different support networks and support groups out there whether it's on facebook instagram or even you've got obviously like mind healthy minds and there's various different networks you can reach out to yes i'm not a doctor and yes i'm not a therapist counselor i can't prescribe medication or anything like that but we can help you point you in the right direction to the people that will be able to help we're here to support you from our own experiences as best as we possibly can. And for anybody that's listening, don't just don't struggle on your own. You're not on your own. So don't struggle on your own. Just coming back to you, Joni, then just for the listeners before, before we finish for anybody that is struggling, that doesn't feel like they can go out and speak to the doctors or anything else or anybody else and would just rather listen to the podcast. What advice have you got for the people that are struggling at home? It can be scary to reach out for help, but do it anyway. It is so, even my husband who has struggled with depression for the last 20 years, um, he was just on a teleconference with our psychiatrist a few minutes ago and was telling our psychiatrist he is doing better now than he has in the last 20 years um, because he's getting help. He's, and if the first person you go to can't help you, keep going. Um, Advocate for yourself. I know when you're depressed, that's one of the hardest things in the world to do. But if, and if you can't advocate for yourself, get a fan, get a, friend or family member to help you if you have them, but don't suffer alone. You are definitely not alone. Um, if you need to reach out to me, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. What I'll do is if, if, if that's okay with you, um, if just on Facebook, obviously where we've been talking before I was recording, could you send me the link to, obviously your website and to your Facebook, Instagram, because then in the show credits at the bottom, I can then just obviously put those in there for people to reach out to you um, should obviously they want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Well, I just want to say from obviously myself and all the listeners, thank you for coming on and talking to me. It's, it's, it's been Great to talk to you, obviously, about your experience, but also it's been educational for me, and I've got things to obviously feedback to my family because obviously I struggle. So I just want to say a massive thank you and thanks for coming on again. Oh well, thank you for having me on.